Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back for another episode. I'm your host, Brad Betke, and this is episode 28 of the Box Score Sports Podcast. Uh, a little song we can ride into, me and bro with a vibe or two. Uh, doing shit that I'm not into, to the beat that I'm not into. A little bit of guidance, getting rough, but we never really fight in. And these words in my mind could arise in. Had to learn that this ain't over. Okay. I like it. A little song we can ride into. Me and bro with a vibe or two. I fly like the Emirates. Thank you guys so much for coming back for another episode of the Box Score Sports Podcast. This is the 28th episode, guys. It's crazy to think. We're episode 28. There's been a lot of stop and go here and there in the past about uh, when when episodes were coming out and so on and so forth. But it's nice to be this consistent again and to have gone this far without stopping you know and i don't plan on stopping anytime soon so just wanted to throw a little appreciation out there and a little self-congratulation for doing this because even one episode is more than most are doing but 28 gotta be proud of that one and the train just gonna keep on keep on chugging goodness all right as it has been for many other weeks we're going to start it off with the nba finals Boston Celtics, Golden State Warriors. Boston is up 2-1 after last night's performance, uh, 116 to 100. Celtics take the lead in the series, 2-1. One thing that hits me right off the bat, my prediction is still holding ground. Not only did I predict that the Boston Celtics are going to win in six, so far they're up 2-1 in three, but... I mentioned my predictions for the finals MVP for the Boston Celtics. I said either Tatum or Brown, and I was leaning a little towards more towards Tatum because he was the star player, but I would not at all be surprised if it was Jalen Brown. And Jalen Brown's performance these first three games is giving me every reason to justify what I said before. The only semi-questionable would be game two when he had 17 points and a really bad plus-minus, but... That whole team did not play well that second half of that game, and I promise you I will be touching on that. But overall, I do still think um, Jalen Brown has a really good shot at taking the finals MVP, especially based on his performances so far. Real quick, just want to go over each game. One thing I took away from each game. Game one, Boston routed Golden State, led by... Brown, Horford, and White. Tatum didn't have the greatest game. I think he only had 12 points. Um, I think Brown had 24, Horford had 26, and White had 21, I believe. Um, We won't see that out of Derek White again, but it was nice to see him, you know, go a little crazy, have a little fun, but that probably won't happen again. Jalen Brown, it's exactly what I was talking about, and Horford you got to give the man his respect. He has worked hard to get here. 15 years in the NBA, and this is his first finals appearance. You know, So he's going to give it his all no matter what, whether win or lose. Know that Al Horford put everything on that court because, in my opinion, if they win the finals this year, he's going to retire. I would. 15 years you win the finals and that's your first year there, ah, take it and go home. Thank you. That's just me, though. Moving on to game two, Golden State defeated Boston. It was a rough game to watch. It really was. 
friends of mine that I was talking to during the game. You know my frustrations and where they lie, but I'm going to spend a little more time on this game than others. Boston's shooting percentage was their biggest issue this game. I do not know what happened to the Celtics in the second half, but that had to be some of the worst basketball I have ever seen in my life at any level. I've seen AAU teams 10 and under play better than they did in the second half. Not exaggerating. That actually had to be some of the poorest basketball I've ever seen in my life. The shot selection was god-awful. They were taking low-percentage shots, going up for layups when there's three people in front of you, taking pull-up jumpers mid-sprint while there's a dude right in your face. They just weren't being smart at all for two whole quarters, an entire half of a game. In the NBA Finals at that. It was horrible basketball. I it, I couldn't watch it anymore. I shut it off middle of the fourth quarter because I was getting so frustrated. Not because I'm like rooting for Boston. I would be happy if either team won. Yes, I've been pushing for Boston. But I'm excited for the sport of basketball. You think about where Curry's legacy would go if he won another ring. And Finals MVP or something like that. You know what I mean? So I'm rooting for both teams. I'm not picking favorites here. I'm just a little more critical on Boston because they're who I predict to win. So I'm watching them a little harder. You know what I mean? I'm trying to keep track of what they're good at, what they're not. Both for Doing the same for both teams, but a bit more for Boston. Game three, despite the Splash Bros performance, Boston bullied Golden State for the series lead. It was a really good game out of both Curry and Clay. It really was. They both played really well. But it just wasn't enough. You know, when you look at the 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 rebound stats. You know, Boston out-rebounded Golden State by 16. That's not good for a finals team. It shouldn't be more than like 4-8 to eight difference in rebounds. 16? I mean, they just got outplayed in the paint. It's that simple. It really is that simple. So, personal opinion, whoever wins the rebound battle is going to be the one to win the games. Because neither team has a dominant paint presence, if you notice. Robert Williams and Al Horford, I personally think that's better than Draymond Green and Kevin Looney, but not by a lot. But still, neither team really has that paint presence that you need. So, I don't know. I genuinely believe that that had a really big impact in it. You know... Seven rebounds was the most that a player on the Warriors had. I don't know. That's just not okay in a finals performance. Because despite Curry and Clay's performances, you know, you can only do so much offensively. you got to win the rebound battle and defensive as well, and that's just not something Golden State is going to do in terms of defense. Rebound, they could, but defensively, they're just not going to. So those are your three games so far, man. I, I've been trying to tell you all for weeks. This really is some fantastic basketball. It keeps you on the edge of your seat the whole time, except for game two. I was very far back in my seat, ready to 
do bad things. I was very upset because I don't care who the team is. Seeing that kind of performance from a team in the finals is just not acceptable. I mean, it just really isn't. So hopefully we don't ever see that out of them again. That was really bad. Overall, though, I do believe that Boston has been playing pretty well. You know, there are definitely some things that they could improve on, but if they keep up the way they've been playing, I think they'll do just fine. So with all of that being said, I just want to point out three things from each team that I think will be the deciding factors as to whether or not either team wins. You look at Boston. First things first, pretty obvious here, take the high percentage shots. It really is that simple. Take the high percentage shots. You saw what happened in game two when you didn't. Now you got to take the high percentage shots if you want to win the game. Simple as that. Next, you want to utilize your strengths on defense. I genuinely do believe that when they play well defensively and as a team, they're unstoppable. You know, so they definitely got to utilize the strengths that they have. And lastly, fill the passing lanes. They can win the defensive battle if they play it their way. I think that's the biggest misconception here is they can win it as long as they play it their way. You see that rather than playing their style of defense, they're trying to adjust to what the Warriors are doing when in all actuality, they need to just be playing to their strengths regardless of what's happening. Because overall, that's where you're going to win the game is playing the best version of your basketball versus anything. Right now, they are very behind in the steals category. Especially Game 2, my goodness, the turnovers were ridiculous in Game 2 from Boston. And they got outsteeled, if that is even a thing, bad. So I genuinely do believe that if they fill them passing lanes and utilize their strengths on defense and use that as like a combined formula, they'll be fantastic. Especially players like Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, they're good on defense, you know. So if the defense can coordinate themselves to, together a little bit better, I understand the team is young, so there's probably a lot of pressure going, but... If, they're, if they can find a way to make that happen, then I don't see them losing another game. Now moving on to Golden State. First things first, I think these are the most important things to address here. They need more out of Draymond Green and Jordan Poole. These performances are unacceptable out of them. You look at what they were doing in the previous playoff series and throughout the regular season compared to what they're doing now, unacceptable. You're either good or you're not. You don't get to pick and choose when you play a certain level of basketball. Draymond Green, with the mouth that you have, you should be able to back it up with more than two points, three rebounds, four sit. What are you doing? Out here getting a quadruple single. Out here all up on that podcast talking crazy, all on Twitter talking crazy, on these shows talking crazy. Back it up. At least Pat Beverly's putting up like 11 points. You're putting up two. Pat Beverly has a little more room to say anything than you do. I genuinely believe that if you tried to show people today, Game 7, 2016 NBA Finals, what Draymond's stats were, they would think it was photoshopped. I would too. 
I'm going to let you all go look that up. 2016 NBA Finals Game 7. Look at Draymond's stat line. Where's that intensity now? You're putting more effort into your talking and your mouth than you are your play. And you play dirty. There was a clip from the other night. They were at the it was a free throw. And Draymond just wraps his arms around Jason Tatum's neck, trying to box him out, if that's what you want to call it. Like that's just not basketball. And then the other night, tackles Jalen Brown and throws his legs on top of him. That was unnecessary and avoidable. Like, there's just little things that he's doing that are real chippy. And the fact that his wife came out and had the nerve to complain about what fans were saying to them during the game. I'm sorry. Have you ever been to a professional sports game that's any kind of meaningful, like any playoff games ever? I don't think you understand how this works, sweetheart. Especially with a husband like the one you have, you should know plenty about what people have to say. It's a part of sports. Get over it. Grow up. Move on. You was you was caught up in the emotion because the team lost, and your husband was having a rough game, quadruple double, at that pentuple pentuple double. I don't even know, but I understand where the frustration is coming from. But you're taking it out on the wrong people. You need to go home and have a chat with your man, and figure out what's going going on with him. Maybe put out a little. You know, give him a little motivation. I don't know. I'm just being clowny. But anyway, him and Jordan Poole, they're just not performing the way we know them to. So definitely got to see more out of them, and that's how I feel about that. I think they need to use their depth to their advantage. Kind of touching on that because you think about Jordan Poole is off the bench, but you look at a lot of the other players they have coming off the bench, they have depth that can out-battle Boston's depth, personally. Boston has a couple good players on the bench, Derek White, Peyton Pritchard, you know, but I think Golden State has better depth in terms of talent per player. So I think they need to use their depth to their advantage a little bit more. And lastly, I think they need to genuinely focus on getting them fast-break points and making Boston uncomfortable. Anybody that watched game two, you saw how uncomfortable Boston was in that second half, specifically the third quarter. The Warriors were on fire, just three-pointers, 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 driving the lane, three-pointer, driving the lane. And they would force Boston to take the hard shots. Boston would take them anyway. And then they would go right down the court, score quick, come back. Fast break points are the easiest way to make a team uncomfortable in the NBA, in basketball in general. If you're just fast break points on fire nonstop, any team is going to freak out because they're going to try and figure out how they're going to slow you down at a very fast pace. It's hard to think when the sport is moving that quick, especially at that level, no matter how smart or good you are at it, it is hard to think that fast while also trying to process everything else, score, remember the offense, this, that, and the other. Obviously, they're in the league for a reason, so they would know better than I do. But I genuinely do believe that if you make a team uncomfortable, that's the easiest way to win. And I think Golden State has seen that they can do that to Boston. They need to keep it up if they want to win the series and win the finals. They can win the finals, but I think they need to attack when they see Boston getting uncomfortable and use that. So... Those are my high points on each team there. I think there's really not too much more to t- touch on. Uh, game four coming up tomorrow night. I'm very excited. It's, this 
has been so good to watch. It's been electric every moment of it, you know. So definitely, definitely excited to see what the outcome is here. Really quick, I just want to touch on something that started just yesterday. The NCAA Softball World Series has just started the other night. Uh, you have University of Oklahoma versus the University of Texas. Despite it being the World Series, it's pretty one-sided, in my opinion. You got Oklahoma with a record of 58-3. and And then Texas with a record of 47-21-1. That alone should tell you a little bit, but... If you look at the score of game one that Oklahoma won, Oklahoma won the game 16-1. to I don't know how a team come back, comes back from that. You don't just get blown out like that if you are a competitive team, like putting up a fight against that team. I genuinely don't believe there's much of a chance here for Texas, unfortunately. I think Oklahoma's just too good, and they're going to run away with it and sweep them probably. That's the way it looks so far, way better Regular season record, whooped them in game one. So we'll see how it goes from here. But overall, I'm taking Oklahoma. Simple as that. The NFL. I think I definitely want to talk about the contracts for Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald that were extension for Cooper Cup and the contracts revision, if you will, for Aaron Donald. First off, Cooper Cup, three years, $60 million. I'm sorry, $80 million. Averaging $26.7 million a year after his Pro Bowl year, guaranteed 75 mil. I genuinely am happy for the guy, and I'm also happy for Matthew Stafford because they both got to showcase their true talents. You look at previous seasons, Cooper Cup did not have seasons like this, and Matthew Stafford kind of had seasons like this, but he definitely did not win a Super Bowl in Detroit. So you look at both players, I think they utilized each other, saw that they both gave each other the best chance to showcase what they were truly made of and ran with it, and we saw what that did. I think the Rams are going to be even better next year. Yeah, they lost Von Miller. Not a big deal to me, personally. They got Robbie, uh, Robbie, Robert Woods coming back, or as Cooper Cup calls him, Bobby Trees. That's got to be one of the best nicknames I've heard in a long time, Bobby Trees. Um, he's going to be coming back off injury. They got Odell still, you know, they did lose. They signed Bobby Wagner off of the Seattle Seahawks. So that was huge. You know, you look at, you look at the ramp cam Akers coming back. I'm telling you, man, they look even better than they did last year. And that's just me. Now, Aaron Donald, it was not a contract extension. I think that's the biggest misconception here is it was not an extension. It was more of a revision. He's actually still in a contract right now. He's in the final year of his last contract. They signed him to a three-year, $95 million deal, averaging over $31 million a year. Now, they technically only signed him to a two-year, $60 million deal, but he's already on a $35 million. He's on pace. I'm sorry. He's set to make $35 million this year. So all they did was just kind of rewrite up a contract, including this year, to make it a three-year, 95-mil contract. So just to clarify, not an extension, more of a revision because he was still one more year under contract. But huge contract for a huge playmaker, easily first ballot Hall of Famer, 
one of the best defensive linemen to ever play the game already, and he's not even done yet. You know, and the crazy thing is that he contemplated retirement. To think that if he played for like six more seasons, how much better he would be. I'm telling you right now, if he played like this for another four years, I'm sorry to the old people that won't like this. Personal opinion, he would retire better than Reggie White, better than Mean Joe Green, better than Lawrence Taylor, better than Bruce Smith. He would be the best defensive player, defensive lineman, defensive pass rusher ever. I don't think you understand this man's resume, what he's got under his belt since he entered the league. This dude is insane. And if you don't believe me, go look it up because he deserves it. Plain and simple. He is one of few that I say deserve the contract. But what's crazy is you think about the distribution of money throughout these leagues. You look at the amount of viewers that the NFL is bringing in versus other sports significantly more. Yet they their players get paid less than both MLB and NHL players. I'm sorry, NBA players. This contract for Aaron Donald is very mediocre compared to those sports. So you think about what he'd truly be worth in like another sport being this good. It's a lot of money, you know, but these players, I th I don't think people understand how much of their lives they sacrifice to play these sports. You think that they're just doing it for fun like we did in high school? Hell no. They wake up and go to bed, eat, sleep, breathe their sport. They base their diet every day based on what they do. They base how many times they work out and what they do with their workouts, which is usually like one anywhere between once and three times a day. They base how long they sleep. They base what they wear. They base where they go. They base everything they do. And they think about players like LeBron and Russell Wilson that spend millions of dollars on trainers and therapy and all this stuff to ensure that their body is in the best shape that it could possibly be in. So you think about what these players are doing to play these sports, they definitely deserve the money that they're getting. And it's that's just my opinion, you know, so simple as that. Last thing I want to touch on here before we wrap it up, guys, is quite a story. Uh, this one really caught me by surprise when I got the notification earlier today that the Professional Golf Association has suspended 17 golfers for participating in the inaugural LIV golf event. Some of the most notable names being Phil Mickelson, Dustin Johnson, Sergio Garcia. On um, a side note, Dustin Johnson actually retired from the PGA to go be a part of the LIV. Um, for those asking, what is the LIV golf series? Uh, it's backed by Saudi Arabia's public investment fund. And... Essentially, the tour consists of eight events across the world beginning in London today, which by the time the episode release, it'll be yesterday. Um, and it's essentially like just like another tour, you know, a set of, a set of uh, courses and um, events that they play at, but a lot less than the PGA, obviously. Um, but the PGA was not a fan of this. They were very, very, very upset. So they went out and suspended all these players saying that they know what they did and they made their choice based on their own financial reasons. And that's ridiculous because these guys are multimillionaires. But 
um, the biggest thing that he really pointed out is saying that um, the players listed below, being the 17 that were uh, suspended, did not receive the necessary conflicting event and media rights releases or did not apply for any releases at all in their participation in the Saudi Golf League slash LIV Golf event is in violation of the tournament regulations, saying that they are restricted to PGA memberships and this, that, and the other, and by enlisting to play in these other leagues that they're essentially violating their agreements and memberships with the PGA. And I just find that wild because all this sounds like to me, to put it in a very much simpler form for those that don't understand, it sounds like the PGA is just the jealous jealous ex-girlfriend that scratches your car. Because I don't see the biggest, the big problem here. You know, I can somewhat understand, like, yeah, they're all PGA, they're in these memberships, this, that, and the other, but personally, if it's not affecting other tournaments and events, why is it a problem? You know, and at the end of the day, you think about players like Sergio Garcia and Phil Mickelson that and Dustin Johnson that have been in the league for who knows how long, how have they not earned the right to do what they please when it comes to the sport that they love? They eat, breathe, sleep, love golf. You know, I don't know. To me, it really does just sound like a jealous ex-girlfriend, but maybe I'm not looking at it from the right perspective. Maybe I don't have enough information. I just don't know. But overall, I don't like the way it looks. I don't think it's fair. And I think that it needs to be looked into a little bit more by some of the executives of the PGA. It's plain and simple. Overall, you guys, that's really it this week. You know, biggest sports stories. Trying my best to throw in some opinions there. Make it more fun. Make it more exciting and electric. But that's it for episode 28. You know what to do. Reach out to us on the social media. Let us know if there's anything that you think we're missing out on in the episode. Anything you think the episodes could use. And if you want to get a part of the episodes. Uh, Share it. Spread the love. Let's get box score out there and let, let it be known. Best sports podcast there is. Simple, plain and simple. If you don't believe it, you're just a hater. Sorry. I will see you guys next week for episode 29, almost 30. Peace out. Uh, a little song we can ride into. Me and bro with a vibe or two. Uh, doing shit that I'm not into. To the beat that I'm not into. A little bit of guidance. Getting rough, but we never really fight in. And these words in my mind could arrive in. Had to learn that this ain't over. Okay. I like it. A little song we can ride into. Me and bro with a vibe or two. I fly like the Emirates. Try to be smooth when I'm talking my shit, but my flow is so ignorant. Niggas not getting it like my Entendres. I can stack it in slow and then double it. Speed of this shit, I can triple it. Whatever I do to my masterpiece, better me. Niggas is feeling it. I walked into school on my first day on campus. New from the jump, I can't have this. Went to the stew and start cooking some magic. I said I cannot be average. I wasted so much of my time in class and then I start playing that Madden. Imagine I started my grind three years ago. Who would have known what could happen? Surrounding myself with people who was negative and they played a distraction. I cut them off out of my life so quick, been slowly rising by the fraction. I'm growing my followers, gaining some traction. Ambience walking Manhattan. Masterpiece floating, I'm looking what happened. Tweaking straight off of the canvas like a little something we can ride into. Me and bro with a vibe or two. Uh, doing shit that I'm not into. To the beat that I'm not into. A little bit of guidance.